0: Welcome, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn, and I am here with Pastor Mitch. And this is episode seven of So, I Have a Question. And we're talking about the teaching from Sunday, October 31st. Yes. Yes. We are. (laughs) So, Mitch, uh, I have a question. Okay. Uh, So you started, or you didn't, okay, you didn't start your talk. But partway through your talk, you had a conversation that started about Hypocrites. So we're in Matthew chapter 7. And um, yeah, and so you used a definition of hypocrite that was something I had not heard before. I've always just, you know, done the, and I think you mentioned this in the sermon, the like, oh, it's just like, do what I say, not as I do type of thing. Um, so I was wondering if you could expound upon that and just reiterate it.
1: Yeah, great question. Because cause really, you're right as far as The definition in English of hypocrites, I I did look it up. It's it's one who puts up a false appearance of virtue or religiosity or one who acts in contradiction.
2: Mm.
1: And that's that's what we see. What I was doing was was we get that definition from how Jesus used the word Mm. about the Pharisees um, and what he said about them. But the word itself in Greek is a compound word. Um, Hupo is under. It's like the same as hypodermic neater, under the skin. Okay. Hupo. Yep. And then Kretes is judge. So it's someone who is an under judge. And so it's someone who takes upon themselves to be an, a judge, you know, a little judge, in a mm-hmm. sense, um, of the people around them, in a sense, in speaking in God's voice. And that's what the the religious leaders were doing,
2: hmm.
1: you know, you, you, they were hypocrites in the sense that they were playing the role of judge. Now, the truth is they couldn't live up to their own judgments mm-hmm. and Jesus was calling them on that. And that's where we get our modern sense of what we think of that word is someone who's, you know, condemning of others, but can't live up to their own mm-hmm. teachings. Right. So you see where the connection is. And in fact, yeah. it's this teaching that Jesus said, you know, you, you under judges, you hypocrites, you look at the, the speck in someone else's eye, mm-hmm. you know, you're judging them for their misdeeds, but you're far worse yourself.
0: Yeah, and I think that the idea of that underjudge makes a lot more sense, because if, like, if I'm thinking of more of the English version of hypocrite, like, it's like, oh, you're looking at the speck in someone else's eye, and like, you know, it's kind of like, I think... A lot of times some people like they realize that they're being a hypocritical, which is why you get the saying, like, don't do what I do. Do as I say. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not living up to my own standards, but let's just ignore that. Um, Whereas when you're being it almost sounds like with the underjudge, it's a lot easier to start judging someone without actually like taking a look at ourselves. And you can kind of do it Mm -hmm. more without realizing it.
1: Yeah. And I think the word gets thrown around a lot. When it's not really quite right, when someone who falls into sin, or you, you know, what I mean, someone who mm-hmm. just falls short, and they're called a hypocrite, and they might have fully acknowledged, "I, I am, I do fall short all the time,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and all of us, you know, as we as Christians, all acknowledge. We, we don't always live up to the best that we could. That doesn't necessarily make us hypocrites in what Jesus is saying. Hmm. It's only when we're trying to apply a harsh standard towards someone else when we we don't even try to live up to that standard on ourselves.
0: Right. Or even like put a harsh standard to someone else when it's not our job to create the harsh standard.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh. So the... Uh. So chapter 7 verse 6 um there's it's a verse about pigs and pearls and swine and dogs and yeah
1: so i have a question for you yeah before you had heard this did, what was your understanding of that verse and in a sense did it change or did did i come at it differently
0: yeah i think i had i had gathered before just the the concept of like if you have something precious don't give it to somebody who won't um who won't treat it as such, mm. who won't accept it, who will just throw it away and not care and like completely ignore what you've given them. So I think I got that like underlying concept, but the f- idea that you added to it that I had never thought of was the fact of like, this is especially true when we talk about like giving advice and correction to non-Christians mm-hmm. um, who don't, who, yeah, who just don't understand why the correction is good or valuable or like precious type of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would still say it applies even more generally i I remember reading in a commentary that um they said the the commentator completely disagrees disagreed with him. He said that Jesus changed topics from verse five to six
2: hmm.
1: I'm like, no, he's clearly talking hmm. about the same idea of looking at others mm-hmm. um I guess it's that idea that you' your pearls you know and he, he's using a very much hy- hyperbolic language or, yep. you know, parabolic language, like trying to give this illustration that sticks out. But I, I suspect his disciples would have picked up on it. Like, you know, the things you want to try to do in other people's lives is and it's the dogs convey the idea that they're outside the family. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it means outside the family of God. Right. It could just se- even be someone who's seen is not in our same circle. That has mm-hmm. no previous relationship with us. So, cause you know, why would you care what a stranger says about what you're doing and why would you listen to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So, hold
1: on. What? Oh, I, and I, on that. So <laughs> I did put a note for myself. I thought of an example, mm. um, So the seeing our advice as so valuable, we think as outsiders, we know what's best. Mm. And what, how does it make sense that we would know better for someone else from the outside? Now, sometimes you do see things from the outside, but that idea that, well, I, you know, you live with this situation all the time and yet I can come and tell you, a better way to do it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the idea that came to mind is is when I'm cycling, I've had a couple times a cyclist come up and say, you know, you're probably riding with your seat too high,
2: mm.
1: and uh, and they say because of that you're you're going back and forth a little bit, and and I'm sure they're right. The thing is is the reason is is my knees don't bend very well, and if I go lower, then my knees overbend. Yep, and so because of my situation, I do that. Now they were trying to be helpful. They weren't, I didn't like turn on them and trample them or anything, but, but that idea in a more general way of, well, you should do this. we may not know everything as outsiders. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I think that kind of leads into the other idea I was thinking about is like, if we're, if we think that our, um, like maybe thoughts or correction or advice, like as, as your Mm -hmm. example just showed is like valuable to others um, then when others try to give us the same type of advice, even when they don't know our situation, right. um, it like, it, it takes me, it, it was one of those like, oh yeah, I should accept like at least, um, accept criticism with open hands and like evaluate it, it like right. t- take it in and be like, okay, let's look at it in my situation type of thing. Does this make sense or does it not? Cause
1: it's mm-hmm. not
0: always going to, um,
1: yeah i i think that's right like and it's possible to go wrong on either way to be so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know oh they said this about me and so worried about other people think and too prone to taking advice or too seriously yeah when you say they don't understand what they're talking about but that's okay
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: or you could be too well i know what i'm doing no one can tell me nothing
0: how dare you (laughs) yeah
1: so i think i think Hearing people, and and sometimes I know if I think their advice is off key, mm-hmm. I'll just say that's a good thought, and yep. I'll let that go for you know. I won't tell. I won't argue with them, <laughs> right? Because I found that doesn't work too well. No, probably yeah. not. So now, anytime anyone in the church hears me <laughs> say that's a good thought, they they know, <laughs> they know what I'm really thinking.
0: I had a I had a teacher in high school that his response would just be sure. Sure. Like, you know, it wasn't yes, but it wasn't no. It was just sh- sure.
1: Oh, yeah. That's totally how I oh, use yeah. that word. <laughs> a lot of us do. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, so you always knew. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then the other kind of big part of uh, your sermon that you spent a lot of time on was talking about idols.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so,
1: so. Just to y- clarify, inner yes. heart idols. Yes. Not yeah, the not statues. not necessarily little statues that made of gold or wood or stone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet you know that uh, America could get that point where they're worshipping those again. But so far,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's mostly either public celebrities or inner heart idols. Yes, and
2: hope- yes,
0: well, yeah, okay. I'm not going to digress. Um, so the you mentioned the progression and i think you had mentioned this in an earlier sermon too the progression of getting to an idol so like first is desire and then you start demanding and then when people disappoint you um then you start judging them and then eventually you go to punishment type Mm -hmm. of thing um but it the way that you kind of describe that progression it sounds like it's super easy for idols to form without us realizing like like it Usually, like, if it's, you know, a little wooden statue, it's just like, oh, yeah, obviously, like, I decided to build that. Um, But it seems like when it's more of a heart issue, they can form really easily and hide under the radar.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And (laughs) I I think the Bible teaches that over and over again. Mm -hmm. And even it could be one of those things where actually conflict has value because conflict when we start to to deal with it helps us see that there are idols mm-hmm. that otherwise we wouldn't even notice and um you know the example might be the you know the i think of a guy especially who who lives who lives alone as a bachelor to later in life and has all these habits and routines and mm-hmm. things that he has to... And then later in life gets married. Mm. That's pretty tough because he's about all these set things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And anyways, I think that's kind of the example. We get all these things rooted in us that if we don't get, get our way, it, 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 it can... Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. They're there. Yeah. And so is is it possible that an idol can be like almost too much of a good thing. Like something that's not necessarily in itself bad or good, but it can kind of take over.
1: Most idols are.
0: Do you have any Um, good examples?
1: Probably not any that I wouldn't offend somebody, (laughs) you know, um, he talks about in the, the, the video, the peacemaker guy about how even wanting respect, Mm. Is can be an idol that if you know you get so easily offended or whatever like and so you've made people treating you with respect an idol Mm. now it's a good thing to want that but um, I can imagine even time with like vacation time with family Mm. you know we started the video with the vacation but you know wanting it could be good to want to get away with your family but having that be such like it has to be a certain way or you have to have so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what the heck! I'll give you guys one. When I came to a new church, and I may have even talked about this. When I was younger and a, a associate pastor, youth pastor, we were starting to develop a Christian uh, or a contemporary worship. Mm. And they were very much is very much a hymn church, and I wanted to see contemporary worship grow. And I wanted it so bad that I was in conflict with a lot of people. And I, I would say that probably became an idol in my heart. Mm. Mm -hmm. So there you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was even thinking of like, so I know, so for me to make sure that I can get fully through the week, um, my Wednesday is my one like clear night and I usually try to keep it pretty reserved Mm. of a like, don't schedule things. Um, but, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I know that if, um, you know, if something pops up, I could have the tendency to be, like, no, absolutely not, that is my clear light, you cannot touch it, it is sacred, um, versus being, like, okay, God, like, is this, is this something you want? Like, I understand that you need you know that we need rest that we are humans right. um but is this a something that you want me to do knowing and trusting that you'll then give me the strength to make it through the rest of the week yeah um so like i've i've heard i've heard of other people say things like that and it's like oh yep i could see that happening or mm-hmm. starting to happen in my l- own life if i don't like consciously take note of it um and it yeah it starts out as a like no i want to have that night free type of thing okay
1: um, and it obviously a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question on that. I, yeah. You, know, you went through the list of ultimately if you're, this idol's getting hold and someone's not given to you, you want to punish them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did that relate the idea of punish knowing that it's not physical punishment, but, and how, what are the ways you've seen people punish someone when they don't get what they want?
0: Ooh. I can't say that it directly relates to me um, or that it, it directly like resonated with me. Um, but I'm sure I can try to think of examples. I know there's got to be one, but it's not. Well, I hit
1: you off, off the cuff of yeah. that. I know, like for example, if someone criticized me or, or whatever, like if they're not giving me what I want, I think I'll... I'll find reasons to criticize Mm.
2: I'll
1: find negative things about them and it kind of spurs that reaction in me I've seen that
2: that makes sense
0: yeah I'm trying to think of like like if somebody I feel like I've definitely seen like if somebody felt like they weren't given like the ability to have a say in something then like later they'll come back around and they'll try to like if the, as soon as they get a say they'll try to take over and control it okay type of like you didn't let me in before but now like i'm not gonna let you in i'm gonna just do it all myself or something yeah
1: like that. control issues a lot of this comes up yep yeah or undermining the ultimate idea eventual idea right that's i guess that's we criticizing like you know the group came up with an idea that wasn't yours and so you're gonna you're going to undermine it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not,
0: you know, try to not make it obvious that we're undermining
1: Yes, it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this before I just read it out loud. Okay, so then, so after, so after you explain talking about idols and kind of again hitting on the fact that they can slip in pretty Mm -hmm. um without noticing you had a bunch of questions about how to help us kind of look for idols in our lives yeah and so i'm just gonna i thought they were good so uh first one where does anger show up uh where what do you tend to fear what will bring you happiness what would you sin to obtain and when have you ever stretched the truth Mm -hmm. And something that struck me was that those first three, um, are all about anger, fear and happiness, which are all like emotions. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, and so like, it just kind of struck me and I was curious as your thoughts, like, it's almost like God was like, yeah, use like your emotions. I gave them to you so that you can help yourself like, you know, help the sentence was there.
1: It's like our emotions are helping us diagnose.
0: Yes, that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are. And, you know, one is they're part of who we are, but, and, you know, make life good and make us persons and not just robots. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I think when you get start to sense your emotions and and then start to dig down to why am I feeling that way, they can help us know ourselves better. And know what's really guiding, guiding us and leading us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's a good insight. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of those do you find yourself more most prone to? Which one do you see as like being the most helpful? Which of the five questions?
0: Yeah. Um, probably actually, where have you ever stretched the truth? Okay. I'm a pretty bad liar,
1: Mm. but
0: I, I learned in high school how to cover up sin issues pretty well. Okay. To everyone around me. Um, so I think, I think that one, like if I'm, if I'm giving a half truth, usually there's something else going on that I should pay attention to.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you're doing that too, it's like you do it, it's like the words come out of your mouth without you thinking about it and you're watching yourself. Mm Mm-hmm almost say something and then in your mind you're thinking, Yeah, I know that's not quite true.
0: Yep.
1: You know? Yeah.
0: And like sometimes it's a like, you know, it might not be a safe space or something to yeah. get real. And so like I, I acknowledge that that I do it a lot of times because of that aspect of myself. But also sometimes mm-hmm. it's the like, nope, I don't want to I don't want to share it, so how can I get around this and then hope nobody notices that I'm avoiding questions and things.
1: Okay. So, yep. And I, I mean, I, I think all of those at times hit me, but the, the, ang- when I'm, su- my own anger surprises me, mm. that's when I know something's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, and that was the whole, the whole dryer, like <laughs> being surprised, like I was fuming. And of course, I think, I think God was just doing that and. Once I figured out that I laughed, I, I was like. He really does tend to do that, though. I he does it to me. I don't know if other people experience that. Okay.
0: I've definitely heard of other people experiencing yeah. it.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so I guess that's one way he lets us know he's real. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not always the big, huge, you know, broken leg healing right in front of your eyes kind of miracles. Um, the yeah. blind man suddenly can see miracles, but it's like, oh yeah, I I see him. He's really is coordinating things.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep.
0: Cool. Um, and then the last, the last thing that you kind of hit on with idols that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper is uh, you talked about like briefly. You mentioned how do we deal with idols when we find mm. them. Um, and so you, your, your response was pretty much like we lay them before God and we remember that like Jesus is all that we need and we choose, um, to worship God alone and not the other Mm -hmm. things. So is there, is there something like any practical tips Mm. you knew I was going to ask at some point about
2: implementation?
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, even if it's just like what you've heard others do or something you've found helpful or, um
1: the the thought that actually just occurred to me is is how important regular worship is,
2: mm.
1: in the first place, because, because if you're constantly regularly, giving over your heart to God, if if you're coming to Sunday morning worship, and that's your focus, mm-hmm. and I think, I know what it's like to walk in and your mind is twenty places and you're on your to do list and you gotta thinking about this and that and to try to take that focus and shift it mm. to, to the Lord alone. Um, so I, I know that's not directly what, what you're hitting at, but I, I still think the regular practice of worship is helps alongside that. It gets us in the mm-hmm. mode of, of surrendering everything to him anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, that's a good general cause for some people, right? Like some people, the best way to refocus on Jesus is to dive into scripture and others like it's, you know, go to musical worship or go to prayer. And so like, it's almost a like, whatever, whatever disciplines or skills or, um, activities help redirect our focus to Jesus Uh and get him in, get us in his presence type of thing. That's the best way for the idols to kind of just fall off.
2: Yeah.
1: And in worship, and corporate worship, we're helping each other.
2: Yep, that's true. Because I
1: know there are days, sometimes all I can say is, Lord, I'm here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to be here. not in the mood to be here, but I'm here. Yep. And God can work with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And especially when you have whole worship team up there. and <laughs> Like, it is. It helps draw you in, which is what, what it's meant to do. Yeah. Hmm. So Jessica, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you journal?
0: I, yes, I should more, but yes.
1: Okay. Again, I'm going back to the specific. Mm
2: -hmm. For me,
1: that is one of my spiritual practices that helps me be aware of myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I do a little bit every day in the sense of just keeping track of what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just journaling the scriptures, passages, but I try to at least once or twice a week just get into what's going on in my my life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in those times, that's when God opens up thoughts to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's one s- spiritual practice I would encourage others to give thought to.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's And I a just good buy way. those
1: cheap composition notebooks. And I probably have uh, 50 of them mm-hmm. over my, the last
0: yeah I at some point my handwriting got slower than my typing, and so I just have a folder on my laptop okay that's just called like journal, and I just like pull up a new word document every time I start mine okay so
1: different generation i <laughs> i need I need to actually have paper and pen
0: if my if my wrist yeah. would move faster and it wouldn't hurt by the end, yeah I used to physically do it, and sometimes I still do, but right, yep, yeah.
1: okay. Okay,
0: um, so I, that was all the questions I had on the like kind of main part of the sermon, mm-hmm. and we still have a little bit of time, so what I would like to do is kind of go down a rabbit hole, because okay. you mentioned, you started off your sermon with a uh, personal story example of when you were in conflict with someone, and it was about um, the biblical stance on alcohol. Yeah. So I was just curious, you kind of over, give it like an overview of where you stood on this topic. But I was wondering if you could dive a little deeper and talk about the different sides of the argument or um, what scripture verses you usually go to type of thing.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So pra- and practice-wise, it just I, I was never much of a drinker. Mm-hmm. So it's not a compelling issue for me. And the first thing I just have to acknowledge, I know for some people it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I I think thinking about it analytically is certainly worth doing. But some people have a a lot I've I've just encountered people, even those who never had an issue themselves, but saw it be such a destructive thing in the lives of mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. That they, they just hated alcohol with a passion. Um, I think of one fellow youth worker I had. And um, he just had seen it damage so many kids. Mm. And he's like, he hated it. Um, and would never touch it. Mm-hmm. And so around him, I never did. So the main scripture passages, there's it's there's more than a few places in scripture that warns of, of not being drunk. Ephesians comes to mind. Um do not be uh, drunk on wine, but be mm-hmm. filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's other places that that speak of of warn of that danger the the side of the freedom Paul talks about how we are in, are enabled to enjoy everything God created as good, and therefore can we can use um if we use it you know in God's under God's hand. And so Mm -hmm. knowing that Jesus drank wine, um, I feel like we can enjoy alcohol in moderation Mm -hmm. and, um, it shouldn't be a problem. The, 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 I've heard arguments from that young man that I mentioned, but also others where, well, Jesus didn't really drink wine. It was new wine, which is like more like grape juice, but no, it was, it was fermented it may not have been as potent as some of our wines today,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it was wine. And so, you know, and then obviously Jesus turned water into wine. Yep. And again, that was, it was wine. The, the alcohol was necessary to make it safe to drink. Yeah. And that, so I just always found that curious that, that those who, who made it a, a theological issue that you shouldn't drink at all. I'm like, you do realize the one we follow <laughs> turned water into wine and the last night before his death told us to drink wine and, you know, and when you drink it to remember him. Yeah. So I just now on a practical level, though, we don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Mm-hmm. And Paul talks about how if he's talking about food given to idols, yeah, you know, it says if, if, I, if eating meat would destroy my brother, I'll never eat meat again. You know, I, that it's that important that we don't do things that cause others to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had to be conscious of that as a pastor. Even I've been in churches where you actually wanted to try to use real wine mm. in communion sometimes. And we always had, if we did that, we made sure we had a juice option. Plus there were also kids. So, right. but, um, but tried to never make it so that someone who, who that was an issue for would feel tempted. Mm-hmm. Um, anything specific on that 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 that?
0: no i think i think that i think the uh the verse from paul of the like not causing others to stumble i think is kind of the key of a um of like there's it's it's not black and white it is a gray area and so it's going to be like um it's going to be between you and what how you know your body and your, you know, environment or how you drink alcohol. Because somebody, someone like me who grew up in an Italian household where my mother um, grew up from when she was a small kid, every time we went over, like, she went over her grandparents, she would get a shot of brandy, right? Like, so for them, alcohol was just a normal part of life. And so it wasn't anything, like, um, it wasn't anything to be abused type of thing. Uh, Whereas if somebody comes from a home where their parents were an alcoholic or... Um, where you know they've seen a lot of destruction, it makes sense to that they probably might want to stay away from it a little bit more, and so I think that mm-hmm. finding that I think that the scripture gives the guidance of the like don't don't let it become an idol, don't let it go too far yeah. um but also like be wise type mm-hmm. of thing
1: and because I did my ministry in youth ministry in young life, my young adult years. Young young life had a a, a a policies you didn't drink anywhere where your teenagers could see you mm. because so you you actually I never I did not drink and keep I didn't keep beer in my apartment when I was a young guy mm-hmm. um, in those years for that reason just because you just didn't want to even if it wasn't so much causing them to stumble it just it it could throw them off mm-hmm. um, so. Now, when I was back home with my parents or I was out with some friends in a different town, I'd have a beer or two. Yep. But I, I never developed the habit, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: and that, and this might be a conversation we can start, but kind of, or maybe maybe you'll tell me that you're going to answer it in a future sermon.
2: Okay. Um,
0: but there is a type of argument that we've been talking a lot about, relational arguments, kind yeah. of between You know people and our desires and stuff so how about like arguments over doctrine um like you know so this alcohol thing that's one um there's tons of different you know you could uh calvinist versus um now what's the opposite arminian thank you that was it um and so Mm -hmm. all these other kind of positions and stances that people take is there, is there a good way to kind of have those sorts of disagreements or conflicts um, that's honoring to our brothers? And is there, like, certain topics that we should not be arguing over, that we should all be on the same playing field?
1: Yeah. That's, that is not, that's not just a sermon. That's several. <laughs> so, first of all, I got a book. Ooh. One I, was, I read in the last year called Finding the Right Hills to Die On. Okay. And interesting left. it's written by Gavin Ortland. His grandfather was one of the pastors here in like the 50s or so. Ah. Ray Ortland, Sr. So okay. so, anyways, um, I found that out after I read the book. When, <laughs> one of the elders is like, oh, I know Gavin. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, in one sense, it's when you have those, it's in the spirit of grace. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, you, you take a posture of trying to listen. I know I can go into debate mode and I got to watch that depending on who I'm talking with. Some people can go debate toe to toe and it's fine. Yep. And we enjoy that. Right. Other people feel like I'm, you know, bombarding them and they just get frustrated. I'm like, okay, I got to realize how I'm talking and cause I enjoy the, the debates and thoughts and what about this and what about mm-hmm. that. Um, so know your, who you're with and who you're talking to. And I'll just say, I, there are times that Christians, they don't necessarily think of each other as non-Christians. Like they don't divide spiritually, Mm. but they might need to, um, not be able to work together in in certain arenas. I I think of Paul and Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Who got in an argument yeah. and they went different directions,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it actually expanded the ministry. Um, of course, I was I was used to being in a different denomination, and I came to theologically decide no, I need to leave this denomination and go somewhere else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, there are times I guess to to think that through, and but even then, it's the goal is to have charity, yeah, like to not talk about how bad. You know, I I I did. I had to make the conscious effort. I'm I'm not gonna just bad mouth my old denomination. There there were some people there who were very kind to me mm-hmm. and gracious. They helped me get ordained. Yep. And there's some good things. And you can even when you disagree, say look for the good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we felt like Lord was leading us in a different direction. Does that give you no? Yeah. Set in the direction you're talking. I think so. Do you have any insights being in a uh parachurch ministry
0: i do it's actually one of the one of the things i like about the one i'm in specifically intervarsity is that it is specifically interdenominational yeah um and so i actually had this happen with my students last week where a couple of kind of sensitive topics came up and my response is always the like okay so we have people in our group that land on different parts of the spectrum. So here's the different parts of this. And so usually what I do is I explain the different views because the more I've grown, the more I've tried to, as you said, kind of listen with grace so I can at least listen to the other side. And I can say, usually I can say like, okay, some of your points are valid. I can see I can see why some of them make sense. I can see kind of how you logically came to that conclusion, even if I still disagree um, because I logically also came to my own. Right, um, or see you know see two I can see a little bit of both of the main extreme sides, and I find myself in the middle, okay um
1: the the phrase I use in that is as i I like to see clarity, mm. not necessarily agreement, yep is is the what you can do in those cases is clarify this group goes here, this this is the stance, and try to as best as you can charitably describe. The views that even you disagree with. Yeah. So the time I tried to do that recently was when I talked about the rapture, the Mm -hmm. two views of the rapture.
2: That's what I was thinking. And tried to present
1: both views. And then I made the case for the one I've landed on. That's how I tend to handle those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think
0: it's, I think it's valuable to do that because then it's not just, it, it prevents potentially an argument of somebody just being like, no, you're wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Like absolutely not.
1: Um, and again, maybe it's because I understand the parachurch because it, it's like when I was with Young Life, I I had Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches. Yep. And I, I actually had the chance to learn all the different distinctions
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, before I ever had a chance to land where I pick picked the side. Yep. So I found that helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that I did at one of the conferences I went to several years ago. I specifically went to a, like, talk that was on, like, Protestant and Catholic denominations and how we could do, how we could partner together type of thing. Mm. And a lot of the, like, okay, let's focus on the things we can agree with. Let's, you know, we can, we can agree on those things and move forward and not do other things, Um, especially stuff like, okay, so maybe we won't do communion because we usually you know people disagree
1: that's a pretty divisive topic yeah
0: and so so things like that have helped me to be like okay i can like there's certain things about catholicism i can appreciate like some of their liturgy or um some of the other ways that they approach scripture and stuff um but there's also lots of other things that i don't i don't necessarily agree with or i'm not um as comfortable with type of thing, which is why I'm not, I don't usually sure. say I'm Catholic. Sure, we agreed with I'd become Catholic. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah that <laughs> makes so, sense.
0: So it, it's helped to be able to be like, okay, I can at least like respect you as a as a fellow believer and like res- I can at least understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree. And I, I like how you said a clarity, but not agreement.
1: Yeah, not necessarily agreement. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've probably hit a... <laughs> Hit him pretty long. So uh but yeah. just or maybe just right. Just right. Yeah. But thanks again for hosting. I appreciate our conversations and yes. um thank you guys if you've listened this far. And uh feel free we we talked about this to to add to the questions. We would love it if if we you know, either whether you emailed them to me or you got them to Jessica before Tuesday,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we'd love to, to include more people in this.
0: Yep. Yes, but as always, thank you, Pastor Mitch, and uh, see everybody next week. All right, thanks.